My right honourable friends, before you tell us you don't do politics, let me just explain. Every ounce of space a woman takes up is political. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Braids Price and I'm producing this episode of the podcast to discuss politics. Today, I'm joined by my television wife, Rubina Pabani. If they made a film about our political coming of age, which I think should be a thing, it would be me and you road tripping. Yeah. Where would we drive to? Like through like Northern England. Yeah. Meeting kind of people who have been hard done by. Fishwives. Maybe we'd work in like a factory. Okay. So for the purposes of transparency, I think we should start by stating our political alliances. Okay. I I grew up a Labour uh, Labourite. Was a big fan of Blair. Tony Blair was on in our house growing up quite a lot. Mm. And then I became a little bit more centrist. Actually, I I think you moved away from your parents. I moved away from my parents, and uh, I think now my politics are aligned with specific policies of parties rather than parties themselves. Yeah, and that's really tricky because it's always difficult for me to vote. But I have mainly voted Labour or Green. So my parents are the opposite of your parents Mm -hmm. and I grew up in the Tory stronghold in Hampshire um, and then my dad moved away to another Tory stronghold in Essex but I'm um, left through and through. I think I'm quite left actually. I'm a member of the Green Party. I pay them money. I don't canvass for them and I don't always vote for them but I like them and I want to give them a bit of cash. I think Labour Party, I was a bit frustrated with because i felt like they'd gone too centric like too central um and i had a brief affair with the liberal democrats during clegg's <laughs> prime time and i quite like jeremy corbyn even though everyone else seems to hate him trying to be extremely transparent so if you are listening you know that this is bias we're telling you yeah, now yeah, we're what biased. our biases are just so you're ready for it So across this episode, I want to talk about, firstly, the institution of politics. So, you know, Westminster and those guys that make the laws in the UK and politics outside of the systems of power. So like radical politics and our personal politics. So basically what we're all saying about Trump on Facebook. On to what our institution of power currently looks like in the UK. I mean, this doesn't make for very good reading. And now, a statistic. There is currently more men sitting in the House of Commons than there have ever been women. Of the 650 seats in the House of Commons, men hold 455, that's 70%, and women only 194, 30%. Only three out of 10 MPs and peers are women. And just to reiterate, we make up 50%. That is 50% (laughs) of the population. Next year will be 100 years since the women's suffrage movement won the right to vote. That's the suffragettes, kids. Nancy Astor was the first female MP to take her seat in Parliament in 1919. Um, The UK currently rates 47th in the world for equal representation in Parliament. Um, When I've been at events and things and I've read out that statistic, people are like, and these other countries are ahead of us and start reading out countries that they think people will assume are really 
non-progressive or really old-fashioned and i'm not gonna do that because i think that's really fucking offensive yeah. it's like oh my god this country in this place they're even more equally represented than us and i think that's really fucking rude yeah. they're doing better than us we need to suck it up and sort our, sort our government out yeah history is just a competition do you want to sign my petition so the uk currently has its second female prime minister Theresa may who might not be Prime Minister for much longer after the snap election to be held on the 8th of June. 8th of June. 8th of June, 2017, guys. Register vote. to vote. Um, so the average age of a politician is 51. Around 7% of MPs are non-white and 40% of Tory MPs were f- privately educated. So it's, it's an amazing thing that you can do with your life to go into politics. And if the only people that we see that are doing that are people that do not represent us, do not look like us, don't have our interests at the forefront of their minds. They are not placed to do that job. And we're stuck with them. Yeah. We don't even have good options because when we go to the ballot box, you see all these names of people that you can't relate to and you don't know. Mm. And that's why a lot of the country is completely disengaged and uninterested. The, like, like traditionally, women don't come out to vote. When Margaret Thatcher became prime minister it was the lowest female voter turnout (laughs) in like years at the time like she was and it was i think it was the lowest amount of female mps at the time as well but she became prime minister and the sort sometimes i'm not like don't be too general but sometimes the sorts of women that go into politics are like more manly i mean that's that's not the right word (laughs) that is not the right word They, they they behave in a more macho way so because they're playing in to the rules world. of politics they're playing in those rules like there's all I feel stories. like that was like a really wrong thing to say no. I feel really embarrassed <laughs> fine totally, I didn't totally mean to say out. manly <laughs> I felt like I was on a real rant then and I was like ready to take on the world <laughs> and I just said something wrong yeah I mean well I mean there's something about that they if if the political playing field is really masculine yeah women that enter have to you know, as some would say, be a certain way to, to play ball, right? Yeah. So, you know, having a deeper voice, having shorter hair, being and able to conduct yourself in a certain way. Not having children as well. Like the percentage of men in parliament who have children equals the women in parliament who have children. Like the, the number for women is a lot lower. So it kind of suggests that if you're a woman and you want to go into parliament, you're much less likely to have a family, mm. which is sad. Like, I will never forget the that, spectator front cover of uh, Nicola Sturgeon, Angela Merkel, and uh, somebody else. Shit, Theresa I have May? forgotten it. Somebody else who don't have children. Well, Theresa May doesn't have children, does she? No. So it's suggesting Theresa that May. any kind of femininity or having, you know, being able to have a child doesn't let you play in that world. And you're also held up to the ridiculous sexism of the newspapers of like when Theresa May became prime minister, that headline, that heel boys headline, mm. we'll post it on our Facebook page because we're fucking angry and disgusted about it. And we'll keep it's posting just, it till yeah. this shit stops happening. It's but also just lazy. Like tabloid journalism has become lazy. Yeah. Like it's just so easy. Like be smarter. Critique the woman on something she actually did fucking wrong. And yeah. I can give you a list. Just call me. <laughs> Like, I just don't think it's about critiquing what she wears. It's not that. It's probably a good point to mention the glass cliff. Oh, yeah, of course. Which so it, it basically means that when women women come into power at, like, uncertain times, of times of, like, turbulency, so when the financial crisis hit, 
loads of like loads more women became on boards of big companies and Theresa May has been given the prime minister's ship. Is that what you call it? Prime ministership. <laughs> it's like presidency, but what is it for prime ministers? Prime minister C. Prime minister C. <laughs> she got the prime minister C. The prime ministership be- sounds better because the prime ministership could be on the prime minister C. Yeah. Like? For the prime ministership <laughs> sailing down the sailing prime down minister- the Thames. Just because Brexit happened and knew, nobody knew what to do. And they're like, oh, Tresemme, safe pair of hands, get her in. I had a really weird dream last night that um, Theresa May, it was a picture of Theresa May on like the front page of the newspaper and she'd written on her palm, safe pair of hands. <laughs> I don't know why it's in my head. That's great. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that should be I'm memed. D- That's dream, dreaming about a safe pair of hands. <laughs> it's like... Um, Interesting how we always focus on politicians' hands. Trump's got small ones. Theresa <laughs> May's got safe, safe ones. I wonder what Corbyn's hands are like. Shaky. Um, so, Ruby, you and I, it could be argued that we are part of the institution, and I don't like that label, but as television producers and middle-class women, we are in a position to influence public opinion and even catch the ear of the odd politician. Like, I've been to... Um, Westminster a few times I've interviewed lords I've interviewed MPs I've you know I've spoken to them about stuff I think it makes me a little bit angry actually because like what like I don't feel like I'm part of any institution but you like were with Nick Clegg when we were you were chatting to him you could have just been like look he was he was deputy prime minister and it was your responsibility on the show we were working on to just be with him (laughs) you could have just been like Clegg Clankster. Sort this out, mate. Clegg, there's this like pay gap issue with women. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you thought much about it. Take a look at this it, little but... document I'm going to show you about. Uh, yeah, how women. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess we we have uh, access to the institution, and that's yeah. really exciting. But I'm not part of it. I don't think I am. I am critical of it, and luckily, I feel like that's really the most exciting thing about being in the media hate that like that we media, work for the media media type but, but part of being in that is that we're able to critique it and i mean i don't know if i'm a ca- card carrying member like if there was a guest list my name wouldn't be on it but i do feel like i could be you know when you're in those positions when you're filming somebody when you're doing an interview with them and just be like dude i live in hackney there's the food bank around here it's insane and I, I send links to yeah. high up people higher up than me at work. I'm like, have you seen this article? Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. And if you if you're a woman who wants power, if you're a woman who wants to control something, you're considered like I don't know, awful bossy. and bossy and kind of arrogant Bitch. and vile. Yeah. And I think g- growing up watching TV, if you ever watch the news and you see diplomats and world leaders meet and they do that handshake. Yeah, uh, it was really that famous scene recently where Donald Trump refused to shake Angela Merkel's hand. Oh. And for me. That is the exact symbol of what's still going yeah, yeah. terribly wrong on, in, on the international political stage. For him not to shake her hand, that is his way of saying, you're not in our fucking club. You know, like when you see Prime Minister's Question Time on the news and they're all like laughing, they're like, oh, 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 or whatever. <laughs> and that is like, that's what nightmares are made out yeah. of. I just don't understand how they can believe in that chamber that they can have frank honest intelligent insightful debate yeah when every other kind of person speaking is is a, is john burkow being like order order it's like <laughs> if he has to say that so much that's really highlighting the problems there women only shortlists do you think they work because 
I know a lot of people are really anti them. I've never heard a compelling enough argument that is anti-shortlists. Until we live in an equal society, we're going to have to jump yeah. through hoops and make that kind of stuff happen to make, uh, you know, to, let's equal it out right now. We can. Yeah. We can. We can make a shortlist and do it. Why not? And then some people say, well, I want the person who's best qualified for the job. And it's like, sorry, do you think we're currently in an environment where that actually happens? Yeah, yeah. Like nepotism exists. Yeah, like yeah. loads of fucking weirdos work in my office that don't deserve their jobs. <laughs> it's happening already. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's happening already. So like, and it's like what, what does it makes you think that women aren't as good as the job as men? By saying, I want the best person to have the job, and that's how it is now, is by saying men are cleverer than women. Yeah. Women aren't as good as men. They're not as good at la- they're not as good as leadership. Yeah, because we're actually just hiring on merit, so that's what's happened, despite So that's you know, why loads of rich middle class people do this job mm-hmm. across almost every industry. <laughs> yeah. What are the other compelling arguments against shortlists? I guess one of them would say that if you're gonna have a women's shortlist, you need to have a diversity shortlist for disabled people, for ethnic minorities. Then we need to consider all those things someone transgender's got to come in we need to have somebody who's got one eye and is a pirate you know like that this is what they're going to be saying but yeah, I, yeah. I, again i'm all for that sounds great bring get the along. pirates in I get them it. in they're not represented they're not represented <laughs> enough anyway for me blair's babes of 1997 which i hate calling them that but that's what the tabloids called them because in the 1997 general election 101 female mps were elected for labor and it doubled the amount of women that were elected in the last election which was 60 doesn't that really excite you about the day all the women came in imagine being one of those women I'd have been like yes (laughs) best dress on I'm out bless babes (laughs) call me whatever the fuck you like because there are so many of us here I'm in yeah I don't understand why the prime minister of our country isn't a job share get Tresme fine if everyone wants Tresme again I don't want her again I mean I don't want her but I mean let's (laughs) let's be honest it's probably gonna happen people down Um, the pub seem to want her they keep talking about a safe pair of hands I don't know if you've heard that (laughs) Um, but she could be holding hands with somebody else. It's one of those um, really sad and scary things, the unconscious bias. Yeah. This thing that like exists in you like a ghost and you don't even <laughs> know it's fucking there. I remember watching this video of somebody saying like, oh, and then the doctor came in and then everyone in their mind had to picture what the doctor oh, looked like. Yeah. We are unconsciously geared to believe that leaders of countries are men and we yeah. unconsciously see them in our minds when we think of power or politics and mm. all of that play and it's sad we have to unlearn that as adults as women now you and i are learning i'm learning things yeah. every day and Absolutely. i just hope that the next generation won't have to be poisoned with this shit that we were i'm really sexist inside and i hate <laughs> to admit that i yeah. sometimes i say something and i'll be like what the fuck are you saying shut <laughs> up what are you doing yeah yeah or like, i behave in a way that i think is required of me sometimes i have to like put on this kind of like woman thing Mm. that I've been sold by advertising so that I feel like a valid fucking human being instead of just being me I feel like I have to always be the grateful woman or the courteous woman or the woman that's really fucking humble about everything kind thank you so much for this opportunity is there Mm. anything I can do to help why am I doing this why am I taking notes in meetings and typing it up for people I'm like always ready available (laughs) I'm a try hard to fuck yeah like I want everybody to like me but isn't it like the Hermione complex of you have to be the cleverest and the best to even get a seat at the table with Ron and Harry who let's be honest are particularly average people (laughs) like if it's like that thing of if Harry Potter if Hermione was the main character in Harry Potter it would have only been one book forget your balls and grow a pair of tits it's hard it's hard it's hard out here for
for a bitch. So Charlie and I met four years ago. Oh my god. Four that years ago on uh, we were on the production team for Free Speech. So Free Speech was a BBC three debate show and it was kind of like the young person's version of question time. We had Nick Clegg on free speech and uh, this is what one of the kids had to say to him. But if you haven't struggled like I have or like a lot of people like me have, how can you know what the fair thing to do is? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the issue in politics, of course, if, as long as we live in a representative democracy, you're always going to have a few hundred folk in, down the road in Westminster who are seeking, trying, imperfectly no doubt, to represent their, their constituents. And I don't pretend personally to be like every single person of the 60,000 odd folk that I rep, of course not, we're all different, we're all different, but what makes us human is not are we identical, but can we, do we have the imagination to what it's, to, you know, to imagine what it's like to be somebody else, not to pretend that we've been through all the same experiences, do we have the compassion, do we have the empathy? I just remember hearing that and just being like, you're in a, you're in a fucking corner mate, mm. I don't know how you're going to get out of this, you're surrounded by young people, and I was just, I was really shocked that he thought that that was an adequate answer mm. and I'm not really putting him down for what he said because I don't wholly disagree with him because I do believe you could never represent everybody of course mm. you can't but and I think for some context he's on live television I can tell you for a fact he had two glasses of white wine before he went on yeah because you were part of the institution and you had his ear, you had <laughs> his ear before <laughs> I like I, I understand that he was under immense pressure yeah representing his party after having lied after having lost votes after after you know a kind of scandal that the Lib Dems have never really been able to climb out of well then Nick Clegg job done we don't need to campaign for more women in politics now because you have the imagination and the compassion you can look after imagine imagine being a woman you can imagine being a different ethnicity. You can ima- imagine not having an able body. You can imagine what it's like to be transgender. I wonder if I could imagine having a penis. <laughs> Do you know what? I've never, um, whenever we've dealt with politicians, I don't think I've dealt with any women. When you ring their people and be like, hey, can you come on this TV show? Mm. It's all these mm. slippery men. Yeah, the people no offense, that... No offence, guys. I've still got your numbers you in my phone book. I might need you for other appearances. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. So in the last general election, only 66% of people turned out to vote. So we're not all sold on this version of democracy. In recent years, one of the most controversial and exciting political commentators called out our government on what, where he thought they were going wrong. Russell Brown, who are you to edit a political magazine? Well, I just suppose like a person who's been politely asked by an attractive woman. I don't know what the typical criteria is. I don't know many people that edit political magazines. Boris, he used to do one, didn't he? So I'm a, ki- a person with crazy hair, quite a good sense of humour, don't know much about politics, I'm ideal. But is it true you don't even vote? Yeah, no, I don't vote. Well, how do you have any authority to talk about politics then? Well, I don't uh, get my authority from this pre-existing paradigm, which is quite narrow and only serves a few people. I look elsewhere for alternatives that might be of service to humanity. I 100% agree with what he just said. But having, I worked with Russell Brand on The Truth, his political YouTube program. But even in the interview for that job, I was like, 
yeah, I like Russell Brand, but just so you know, I'd always vote. I'd always vote. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really into voting. I'd never tell anybody voter. not to vote. Mm-hmm. But I agree with him. I, I, and I don't know why I'm so protective of our democracy when I don't actually feel like it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, agreed, right? So if the, <laughs> if the system isn't working, do you seek, as he suggests, alternatives? Yeah. Really? I just think it's a really important part of our history and our political education to understand that change can come from other places, especially in a time where everybody's feeling so um, unempowered by the government. If real change happens with us, the government can say women and men must be paid the same, but it's still not happened. Mm. There's still a gender pay gap. Like everything is like twofold. We have to make a change and the government needs to make the change. And yeah, I think what's really interesting about Paxman talking to uh, Russell Brand there is he was just like, well, then who are you to be talking about politics? Yeah, I think that's so fucking patronizing and that makes me furious. He's he's terrible, Paxman. I've never enjoyed him at all as an interviewer. Uh, but he why did mean people get to be political commentators and interviewers I'd love to be a political <laughs> interviewer but they'll be like you need to get really fucking mean before you go but in that's there that's what they want like television's a really difficult space to work in because it's similarly reflected in politics yeah, the yeah. way that there has to be an opposition in the, like the house of commons yeah. it's similar we have to book people who is one left wing and believes this and one yeah. right wing and believes this and they have to hate each other yeah. they can't have an intelligent paced debate talking about the kind of nuances the way that they experience the world differently it has to be you live on a council estate so you must think this and you went to eat and so you must think this like yeah. we're all trying to label and fragment each other and, and that's why we can't, we can't let like the system win because it's trying to do that to us so sometimes the political system doesn't work and a, you know a quite a close to home example of that is in our last podcast we featured Nicola Thorpe, who was fired for refusing to wear high heels. Um, she joined the MPs in Parliament to debate high heels and sexist female dress codes, all voted in favour to review the equality legislation. Since then, on the 21st of April, the government rejected plans to ban forcing um, forcing women to wear high heels and many other sexist, racist implications of the current laws and dress codes. So still in this country, your boss is well within their rights to ask you and say you have to wear high heels you have to unbutton the top shirt the top button of your shirt relax your hair if you've got afro hair or ask you to wear a short skirt that's the law and you know this might be reviewed if on the 8th of june we have a different government that look at it again but i'm fucking furious about that would you be willing to give up your freedom for your politics i hope so I hope that I'm that kind of person if I really, if there was something, I mean, for for this specific thing, perhaps not. But then is it that, that we're not as in tune with with the, the really terrible things that are mm. going on? Yeah. You know, in, in Russia at the moment, there's news reports saying they're rounding up um, gay people and putting them into a prison. I signed a petition and put it online, but should I, should we be doing more? Should we be creating a really radical protest that makes people stand up and listen because at the moment our government isn't doing anything about that Mm. or we can't see they're doing anything about that i think i'd find it really difficult if i'm honest to be radical in my day-to-day life i think i think i would and that just sounds like i'm being like a scaredy cat i guess Mm. but 
Like I have thought about looking and joining Sisters Uncut and I'd like to go to one of their meetings and I still would, sisters. I'm with you. But um, <laughs> I just, I sometimes think that this is, I'm lazy, one. Yeah, hands up, I'm lazy. Like I do a lot with my life, but putting putting my politics and the kind of my ideas for change at the forefront in an active anarchistic way, I can't do as well. I'm more change from the back seat, more change in my job, more change in every single person I meet, I try and change their mind to yeah. something that I think is a little bit more progressive, a little bit more open, a little bit more equal. And I practice those politics within myself and in my embodiment. But I don't, yeah, I don't think it's good enough. Mm. I don't. The the sexism that we're encountering is so institutionalized and just almost so nuanced that you can't fight it in that way sometimes. Mm. I don't know, really know what I'm trying to say. No, I kind of agree with you. It's It's underlying and it's hidden. Yeah. And it's not spoken about. Yeah. It's just presumed. It's like, it's if, if the boys ran the secret society, they're being secret about their sexism too. So they don't get caught out. And yeah. we'll just continue perpetuating the same ideals. Being interested in politics and being able to talk about politics is luxury. Because if you're too busy working really yeah. fucking hard yeah. every day to pick up your kids, to then feed your kids, to make sure you can pay your rent slash mortgage, whatever your system is, yeah. you're focused on doing that one thing. Talking about whether Theresa May is going to take us to Brexit, do more green, does not interest you. It's not in your, it's not in the forefront of your experience. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. In the UK, anybody can start their own petition and post it online. If your petition reaches over 100,000 signatures, it will be considered for debate in Parliament. That sounds really good, doesn't it? Mm. Like, if you can get... But having said that, over the last year, the 10 most popular UK petitions debated in Parliament had an unsuccessful outcome. So it's kind of like, yeah, you've got, you know, you've got the power, you know, have, have a petition if you think you really care about something. Well, we'll yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, so my personal online online presence has got me in hot water. I'm less political on Facebook. I probably don't put out my like political ideals that much. And it's like, sometimes it's something that you think is completely rational and righteous and like you think you post it and you think everyone's gonna fucking love this <laughs> and then like the comments underneath are like no you're wrong but i do i mean having said that even though i piss everybody off i won't stop this is the most amount of people that have ever listened to me i definitely always post every time there is an election and i don't i don't know if that's because i don't want to deal with hate i mean i just read that lindy west book and like the trolls that she received yeah. were just incredible and it kind of made me think I need to start posting more because if, if she can handle that kind of shit, she shouldn't mm. be the only she shouldn't be the only person burdened with it. And if more women speak out about politics and post stuff on their Facebook, then we're in a better environment to support each other. Whenever I post on Facebook, if it's like a political question or like a feminist slanted idea or something, I've posted. It's like a really large majority of the people that comment on it are men. I'm like, come on, girls, where's the girls? Yeah. And then. I need you. you. I, need I needed you. you. Even just a little like on something. But if I'm going to take all this privilege or all this space up that I've been given, I need to make sure I'm I'm, I'm sticking up for stuff because otherwise I won't have it. I think you're right. We have uh, an incredible responsibility. And that's we as in you too, listener. To yeah, listener. To use our... Hopefully there's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> you. In your room. <laughs> Stop wanking to our voices and listen to what we say. <laughs> No, but continue if you're yeah, nearly if, if there. That makes you happy. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, just, just keep listening. I think that, you know, you have this incredible responsibility to use your platform and use your voice. Tell us what you think. Be involved. Be active. Know about who you are. Know about the politics that surround you and your experiences as well as national politics and, and learn about the other people living in this country. It's this tiny little island. And hey, if we leave Europe, we're stuck with each other. I think we are going to leave Europe, aren't we? And we are stuck with each other. Do you feel like you live in a lefty echo chamber? I think there is an element of my life being an echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I live in Hackney in a flat. I'm renting with some people who work in kind of liberal arts worlds. Yes. Um. So yeah, probably there is an element of that. I try really hard for it not to be. But isn't it impossible? Because sometimes the world that you construct around yourself to feel safe, to feel happy. Yeah. Is the world that agrees with you. I don't really feel like I live in that much of an echo chamber or in my echo chamber, some people get the keys and let themselves in who aren't part of the echo chamber <laughs> and they're really mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like knowing you're a feminist and then finally speaking to another feminist. You know, that's a relief, like yeah. a political relief to be like, oh, I'm not the only one who thinks this. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I, d I think it's fine. I think it's fine to be like that. And using social media you should be using it in an empowering way. You can use it to confirm some of your beliefs. Like I said, believing that you're not alone in the world. That's an amazing thing that social yeah. media can do. Engaging in, in politics and like learning lots from different factions. If you're on Twitter, follow everyone you possibly can. You know, how, do, how can you test your politics if you don't have them challenged? Yeah, true. Um, do you think online petitions and online movements work? <sighs> oh, no, not really. I don't think I've seen it. I mean... They work in a way to kind of engage uh, comments. I like the comments in online petitions. You can yeah. go in and like see what people are saying and yeah. why it's important to them. And They're like a conversation starter, aren't yeah. they? Of, oh, I didn't know that was, a, that, that was legal to do that. Like with tampon tax. I remember when I first saw the tampon tax petition, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are we being taxed on our tampons? Yeah. And, what, like, and it gave me a lot of ammunition. But as we've seen from the top 10 um supported petitions from the last year they don't always get past parliament they're not a surefire way i think in you know 15 years ago to get a hundred thousand people to sign your petition was a really big deal now it's not mm. it's, it's, it's not as big a deal anymore i guess the real question is like what do you mean by work because if work yeah. means implement legal change and the law has changed so that nicola thorpe has changed the law then no, but she has done an incredible amount for the national conversation. Yeah, yeah. She's Reached done a so lot for shifting people's ideas and getting people to think and talk about it. And in that sense, it's been a complete success. <laughs> we implore you, Dasahits, to get out there onto the streets. <laughs> yeah. I guess just be engaged. Just be engaged and be part of it. Don't yeah. be scared of politics. No. It won't bite. Hard. <laughs>